Acts chapter 2, and we are going to begin in verse 42. So it talks about the early church, really the first words about the early church. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods, and they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this moment. in many ways that is different than other Sundays. Lord, I pray that you would help me to speak clearly these words, but more than that, it needs to be by you, Holy Spirit, that you don't just make it clear, but that we would grab a hold of what you want for us as a church. And we would press forward. And so I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would unite us in heart and mind in this moment. Not just by that choice that we make within our own hearts and mind, but it would be you. Holy Spirit, fall upon us. Move in us and through us. As only you can do. We thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of you have ever been on a church bus trip? Let me see some hands. Anybody been on a church bus trip or maybe any kind of bus trip? I'm thinking church bus trip. You know, if everybody's heading in the same direction, uh, anyway, uh, sometimes it makes sense as far as uh, saving some time and effort. Not always necessarily money, but sometimes if you put it across there, you can save some money. But it also can be fun traveling uh, together to this place. And what you do is you tell everybody, hey, this, we're going to meet at this time. We're going to meet here. We're going to meet at this time. And, and that's when the bus will be pulling out. And, of course, some people are raring to go and they get there early and they're sitting on the bus. I mean, it, you know, nobody's there. But there they found their seat and they're warming it and they're ready to go. Eventually, more and more people get on the bus and they're they're ready and they're excited about getting going. And as you get closer to the departure time, somebody starts up the bus, right? And it starts getting warmed up or cooled up, whichever needs to take it place uh, as that bus is started up and running. And then, and then the same thing happens almost every time on a bus trip. And then in the moment you are, it is time to go, you're waiting on somebody. One person or a couple, you know, some couple. It's like, oh, come on. We're waiting. Waiting on that one person. As you watch the clock tick past the time you thought you were going to leave. In a sense, what I've just described is a little bit of what has taken place here at OCCA the last couple years. People... I got on board the OCCA bus. That's our bus, by the way. (laughs) Okay. People got on the OCCA bus 
and you were you were there you were you were on the bus uh, and and al- along with that a, a lot of godly and good leaders that you had were trying to get things going and people on the bus working faithfully and diligently to press forward and, and let's be real there was a lot of idle time the, the bus was idling for a while uh, sitting there some of that was good because there were some repairs that needed to be made but let's admit it some of you were a little impatient on the bus when are we gonna get moving this is taking forever we have to wait uh, yeah yes you have to wait there's one person coming yet that we have to wait for. You know, that one person they didn't get there yet. We have to wait for this one person. Well, well can't we get going and can't we get going and they'll catch up? No, because the person we're waiting for is the bus driver. In other words, the new pastor. Right? Waiting on that new pastor to get here. Well, I'm here. I'm on board. So let's get this bus moving, right? All aboard. I don't know which bus you like better, but yeah. All aboard. All aboard. And I'm speaking to all of us here today to recognize we're not just talking. I'm not just here. Uh, and, and never am I actually, but especially to know as we're talking about this as a church, I'm not just here talking to adults. In fact, even within the adults, I'm not just here talking to those who are, quote, official members. We are, all, we are all part of this body. But I'm also talking to the young people, to the youth, and to the children here today. You're not the future. You are the present of the church. You are a part of this body, and you are people who are on the bus. You need to get on the bus all aboard for where God wants to take us. So, and somebody said, well, well, well wait a minute, but all aboard to where? It's time to press forward, but, but where? That's what I'm going to talk about this morning. It's a privilege to be, for the first time, giving the uh, senior pastor report, so to speak, here at OCCA. Love being here with you guys, not just you know on Sunday, just love being with you guys. We have a lot that God wants to do. Those of you who got those annual reports, you'd see mine in there. This is not going to be a word-for-word recap. There's going to be some things that are going to be very similar. Uh, maybe even some will be word-for-words in there. But it, obviously you didn't see any pictures of the bus on mine already. But it is something we just want to talk about this morning. It's going to take us a little bit because we've got to work through where we're going. And part of this is not just in this next year, but further on. If you're new here or if you just occasionally visit here, you may be thinking, well, I don't know. Listen, this is a great time for you to be here because you find out what we're about, where we're going, what's going on as we deal with this. Some of you have probably heard, I imagine most of you have probably heard that old song, The Wheels on the Bus Go Round and Round. If you haven't, I can't imagine because did you know that it's the 20th most viewed video on YouTube? (laughs) Listen to this, 2.1% three billion views of the wheels on the bus go round and round and round and round can you even imagine whoa whoa 
you know. That, but as we think about that, all unfortunately, that is kind of the way it is with churches. Here's what I'm talking about. The wheels on the church bus just go round and round and round and round the same way they have always been going in this kind of same circular churchianity route that they just keep making the same route like Israel in the wilderness. Never feeling like we really are reaching the destination that Jesus has for us. But that's okay for many church members. As long as they're comfortable on the bus, as long as their needs are taken care of, they're just biding time until they get to heaven just riding the bus, the church bus. But I'm here to tell you this morning that we are not going to be running a tour bus. This is a work bus, a work for the night is coming bus. This is a work bus for the king that we want to see come back. And we are a part of bringing that. We are to be a part of that, as Matthew 24 tells us. The wheels on the church bus, it's not about going round and round and round. It is about the wheels on the church bus just go. Plain and simple. Just go. Yeah? This morning, what I want to cover it, and you saw it in the, in, the, in the report, is three general directions the wheels on the church bus are going to go to that one destination that he has for us. And you're going to notice that these directions, these three directions I'm going to share with you, are going to fit not only with our mission statement, but they're going to fit... Uh, with Acts chapter 2 that are just read here. So let's just get right into it as we begin. We need to be uh, first off, first direction the wheels in the church bus are going is we need to be a church pressing upward towards God. We need to uh, see the early church was about this. I mean, this Acts chapter 2 is really as it started, the Pentecost happened and it was just the beginning. And what do we see in verse 47 of Acts chapter 2? It says they were praising God. And you look a little earlier in verse 42, it says they devoted themselves. Now, there's a number of things listed, but it says they devoted themselves to prayer. So as we look at this pressing upward, we're going to look at that for us in those two areas, worship, praising, worship and prayer in general as we talk about it. And this fits together with what is our our first part of our mission statement as a church, something before my time pursuing jesus christ reaching upward is about pursuing jesus christ and the emphasis you remember at the beginning of the year for those who were here about pressing into the presence of god closer than ever it was exciting to see many who were hungry and thirsty for more of god with the desire not just for his hands but a desire for his face a passion for his presence Let's not forget the primary purpose of, for us as individuals and as a church is that which is worship, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength. That is what we exist for, so to speak, in general, for all ages. It is not some nice extra 
Worshiping him and drawing up, going upward towards his presence is not a nice extra that, you know, while we're doing the work of the church, this is who we are. As we move forward, it needs to happen not just on Sunday mornings, but every day with every one of us pressing in, pressing closer to the presence of God. And one of the ways we do that, obviously, is worship. I'm excited to be here on Sundays uh, and I appreciate our worship ministry. I know many of you do appreciate the worship ministry, even the one, what we just had this morning. But let's keep in mind, worship is more than music and singing. We need to continue to grow, to press upward. In fact, may we never be more into the worship music here this morning than we are into the one the music is for. And I think that is a danger for some people, that we're more into the music than we are into the God above. May we with the psalmist in Psalm 63, 1, be able to, from the depths of our, our whole being, cry, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My soul longs for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. It is not going, this whole thing is not going to happen if we only press upward on Sunday mornings. For a little over an hour, you know, we're here. But every day, every moment of the way, we need to be seeking to draw closer to Him. If not, then at the very best, after a week of our worship fading and cooling down from last Sunday, we come back together only to get heated enough up to about lukewarm. But what if we all came in here white hot? Can you imagine what the Holy Spirit fire could do in and through us in honor to him let us seek to press upward into god's presence at a more consistent deeper level than we have been this will change us this will change how god uses us and accomplishes his purpose through us this is not just a sermon about this this is a direction that we need to go but it's not just about worship it's about prayer in general Our number two core value states prayer is a primary work of God's people. God is moving and working in many ways. There's many that have seen answers to prayer. We need to hear more about those. Let me know. Uh, Let others know. But there is much more that that needs to happen. There's so much more uh, of what we need to do, and yet we can be so quick to rush into doing for God that we forget about being with God in the sense of seeking his presence, and receiving his power to do that work. Uh, Some of us can be like impatient children, constantly asking as you're sitting on the bus, you know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, uh, some would just assume your nature is just to hop on the bus and step on the accelerator, right? Just step on the accelerator and you know what? The faster we're going, the better it is. That doesn't mean we're necessarily going where God wants us. Not to mention, did we just step on the accelerator and leave Jesus back at the curb? We need to pray. We need to seek his face in not just in a worship sense, but in a prayer of recognizing that 
if we're going to press forward, we also have to wait on the Lord. Those two, some people seem like two different things. You need to recognize pressing forward and waiting upon the Lord can be the same thing. It's called pressing upwards. How many of us, let me just ask a show of hands, how many of us want to see God move in a mighty way through us to impact the world around us? How many of us, but keep your hands up, I'll just repeat it again. How many of us really want to see God move in a mighty way through us to impact the world around us? Amen. All right, put your hands down. i got another question for you. How many of us are consistently, persistently, specifically praying for that to happen? Put your hands up. Anybody catching a theme here? You know, I'm not saying that you don't pray. Some of you maybe don't. Hey, pray in general for the church. Guess what? You get what you pray for. You get what you pray for. And we've got to recognize that this has to be a part of our purpose. Our direction of what we do is to pray. Otherwise, we're just driving fast. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. John 15, verse 5. Let us make the most of every opportunity to pray. Not just when we're together in some official church function, but anytime we're together. I don't know for some of you get together with other believers within the body and maybe you pray for one another. Do we ever consider that maybe we should be praying for the church in general? Not the church as an organization, but the church that is you and you and you. And for what God wants for us to move at the end of our, uh, uh, towards the end of our uh, annual meeting here today, I have some, some, a list, a, a way of praying the purposes of God for a church, the scriptural ones I'll pass out, but we want to be specific as we do this, uh, to be pressing upward for God's kingdom to come in a very specific way. Let, let's move on. Next, we need to be a church pressing inward toward one another. Pressing inward towards one another. We see this emphasis numerous times here in Acts chapter 2. So go back to that, verse 42. Obviously, it says in verse 42 in Acts chapter 2 here, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread. So they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devote themselves to fellowship. They devote themselves to the breaking of bread. All of those are about pressing inward. Verse 44, it says all the believers were together. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. The early church pressed inward. This fits with the second part of our church's mission statement and that is building his kingdom. Not just pursuing Jesus Christ, but building His kingdom. It's not about little buildings. It's not about programs. But ultimately, it comes down to building His people with the mortar of love, holding it together by the unity of the Holy Spirit. There are some that take, quote, church, mainly to be about the gathering of a bunch of people. Like they call this church. This is a church service. But some people think it's just about getting together in a bigger group to hear someone preach or teach. 
And in that they choose to ignore the vast part of the New Testament that speaks about our connecting with one another, pressing inward beyond anything that takes place here on this Sunday morning. As I just read, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, not only that, but they devoted themselves to fellowship. Some people think that's just an extra that's for people who are party animals, you know, and they need something in the church to do uh, with that. Some people think that just that fellowship is just something that is an extra add-on if I do it, if I want, if I have time. They devoted themselves to fellowship. It's exciting to see how many opportunities we have here to gather together large and small groups pressing in closer to one another. Uh, we were excited to be a part of, our family was part of a 4 by 4 We haven't got into the uh, small groups yet. Obviously, can't have it over to my house. Uh, New Boys is a little far. Uh, but there's that sense of the summer evening fellowships. It's experiencing that. Great times, great opportunities to do this, to do life together. But not only that, uh, doing life together in some form of a small group. We want to see those small groups, not just the ones that are going to get back going as they should, but new life groups formed this year, this fall, even new life groups formed, which means there needs to be people stepping up and saying, you know what, you can, I'll host it at my house. Other somebody else saying, you know what, I'll lead it. These are important groups of love and discipleship that are essential to building the kingdom, building the kingdom along with other kinds of small groups. We need to press inward in a way that happens so much better than it can be right here in this big group, in these small groups. There are fellowship happening informally and in other ways we see it happening. Uh, The journey that we are on in Christ is meant to be done together, not alone in our little two-seater sports car, but on the bus with one another doing life together as God created us to do. Let us keep in mind that our pressing inward with one another has a purpose, though. I think sometimes we forget fellowship is not the ends. Fellowship is the means. Fellowship is not the ends, but the means. There is a purpose of us pressing inward and getting together, and that is building His kingdom. That is building up one another to be true disciples that Jesus has called us to in His great commission. It is about times together with God and His Word that are not merely informative, old-school church bus wheels round and round type of thing. But God's people. And the problem was that there is that sense, and I know it may not happen everywhere, but there are, I know it happens in our district in the CMA as there are the old school church bus going round and round about these times together. And, oh, yeah, we're going to learn. And they're no closer to being like Jesus than they were 30 years ago. Our goal should not merely be to learn the word of God, but to actually live the word of God daily. As James says, to be doers, not just hearers only. Amen. We've got to go beyond this intellectual thirst for new and deeper information and get to a new and deeper transformation of our lives that looks more and more like Jesus from the inside out. We need to be a different person 
than we were a year ago. We need, and the way we do that is a part of this pressing inward. A part of our goal, that's a part of the goal of the kingdom builder groups that happen on Sunday mornings at nine. Going beyond just building us up like Christ, equipping us to go out like Christ. One of the exciting things that's happening, and we've talked about it before in our kingdom builders, but maybe some still are not hearing this, is what can happen outside of our kingdom builder groups. The making disciples that can happen more than just one hour a week. And that's what Deuteronomy 6 tells us. Deuteronomy 6 talks about that discipleship responsibility that begins in the home. And therefore, to encourage that kind of growth, what we've done with this kingdom builders is our children, our youth, and one of the adult classes is studying the same D6 discipleship lessons each week. They, they, uh, a month through the Old Testament, a month through the New, and then a month in, some, uh, in a special kind of topic. It enables the family to be on the same page with the opportunity to facilitate spiritual discussion to lead to discipleship that happens more than one hour a week. You think about it, just if this is all we get, it's that su- the instruction that takes place on a Sunday morning. The regular church-going Christian, therefore, gets about 44 hours a year in instruction, if this is all you're doing. Because you're not here every Sunday, are you? <laughs> right? I know that. And I said, I'm not not cutting you down about that. Don't don't misunderstand it. What I'm saying is, even if you were here, that would be 52 hours a year. That is not enough. There is no way. That's the churchianity way, but that's not the Christianity way. We've got to recognize we need more on our own and with others. To press inward. We see there's opportunities as not just with these groups. We've talked about the men's group, the men's ministry solidifying and, and pressing forward into their goals or what they have and, and to move that, but not to lose the fact that we want the women as well to be doing that. And you'll see things happen and you've heard about some things happen, but there's more things planned as we go through this year. Encourage you to be a part of that and move forward, press inward together. Let's not forget that what the church does is not just about what the formal program. You know, we say, well, what's the church doing? Look in the mirror. You are the church. Every one of you. Ephesians 4, which I read just a little bit ago. You are all ministers of this church. I may be the pastor, but every member is a minister serving the Savior within the body of Christ where The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit of God has placed you. Now, maybe you're not, and you're just kind of hanging down limp, but he's placed you. And I'm excited about what took place earlier this year. We had that... uh, we had some messages about it and the talent and survey gift thing to fill out. There's like a three-trifold brochure. Almost all of you filled that out. It was amazing. In fact, so amazing, it's like... I'm not sure how we got to, it was overwhelming. We, we got to, with you and talk to us. And we had work to be able to get everybody in a meaningful ministry in some way. I'm I just excited about that. 
And, and it wasn't just that, okay, there was that willingness. What we've seen this year, uh, more than, at least what I've been told, more than other years is we've seen more people involved in things and helping things outside. Maybe we would still like more, but there were outside events and things that we've done that we had more than we've had in a number of years involved and different people involved. And so it's exciting. Let's keep doing that. Keep going. Uh, well done, good and faithful servants. Hear that. I've seen and heard of this pressing in love for one another that's happening in informal ways. The family God is reaching out, coming alongside, encouraging, helping in tangible ways. Uh, there are a number of people, I mentioned this before, I'll mention again, that are unsung heroes in our midst. They are just, they're going around, you hear, well, this, us, this person was here and this person was there. Wow, they're, they're all over the place. That's great. And real ministry, making a difference. And yet, you know what they would say? Eh, it's nothing special. That's just what family does. That's nothing special. That's just what family does. But let us not fool ourselves into thinking that because you feel this way, everyone feels this way. Or because you feel connected, that everyone else feels connected, even if they're right in our midst. Let's not just congregate in, in holy huddles, but this year, let us begin to draw our circles a little bigger within this body. You think about the circle that you're, you, for the most part, the circle that you are with more often. How can you draw that bigger to include more in that circle of caring? You see, the church's responsibility is yours because you are the church. That may not be what churchianity tells you, but that's what we open up God's word and tells us. May we care for one another and not wait for some program or some official person. Jesus left us a better way, love, so that the world can know who he is by looking at how we treat one another. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 says, Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Let us make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. We can press forward in this as individuals, as a church, as long as there is not a part of us that is still stuck in the past. You know, some of you like the wheelie, the bus that was doing the wheelie, taking off. You know, and you were thinking of that forward motion. But picture that being over 10 minutes, over 10 months. It's just in that position. The back of it's stuck. The rest of the front's ready to go. The back of it's stuck. Sometimes we get stuck over something that happened on the bus in the past. And we can't move forward. And so some people's solution is, well, I'll just get off the bus. But that does not release you from the responsibility that you will have before God on judgment day. I've said it before. Say it again. Time does not heal all wounds. Jesus does. 
as we are fully obedient in this area of our life to Him. Let's move on to the next point. We need to be a church pressing outward towards others. Unfortunately, today there are a lot of churches that are just these holy huddles of us four and no more. But think about it. Even the early persecuted, hunted down church pressed outward. <laughs> think about this, this church in Acts that we're reading about. They were persecuted. They were hunted down. They were seen as, and yet they still pressed outward to others. In Acts chapter 2 here in verse 47, it says they were enjoying the favor of all people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I think you could add other outward verses in this chapter 2, like verse 45. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Even verse 43, and everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. An outward direction that the wheels on the bus are going, connecting that third and the last part of our mission statement, which is proclaiming his offer, proclaiming his offer of freedom, healing, and life. It's the last part of our mission statement, but really it's the first part of why we exist on this earth as Christians, as a church, to press outward with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our number one core value. Lost people matter to God He wants them found, as we read in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, of Jesus who came to seek and to save the lost. We do not merely exist for ourselves like we're some Christian club, but in many ways the main purpose of the church, of the people, of us as people here on earth, is to exist for those who are outside of the bus, who are not on it yet. When you think about the three different general directions that I just mentioned, upward, inward, outward. Only one of those are we not going to be able to do for all eternity. For all eternity, we're going to be reaching upward. For all eternity, if we're going to be together, we're going to be reaching inward. It is only right here that God has called us and that we will be able to reach outward. Because in eternity it will be too late. See, there are people who are not just dying without hope. Do we understand? There are people who are already dead. Ephesians chapter 2, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. But in verse 4, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. They're not dying. They're dead, just like we were dead in our sins. They need to be brought back to life. And on our bus, we're going to, as we move in this outward direction, press outward, we're going to use an eternal CPR. 
Some of you have heard about it before within the Christian Missionary Alliance, but that sense of uh, sowing the gospel in a complete, intentional, biblical way to the whole person, uh, using that kind of pairing the, the farming analogy and the, the CPR analogy. What that means is, and you saw it there, is that C, cultivate, P, plant, R, reap. Too often we just make it about one of those. And it's got to be all together. It doesn't do you any good to have a seed that you don't break up the ground and get things ready and you don't, it does do no good just to throw it down on the ground. Planting it, you can't just plant it. We've got to reap as well. Our focus on those outside should obviously include Christ's love when they come inside here. Uh, whether to a church service or a special event or ministry, we've tried to make the place a little more uh, friendly for those who may be unfamiliar, even out in our parking lot and what goes on there. It's been exciting to see the welcome team uh, come together quickly, people stepping up uh, to serve, to lead in a ministry of hospitality, connecting with guests as they come, and even guests with welcome gifts and things like that. Uh, showing love is a bigger part of the picture of, of welcoming people into the kingdom of God. Not just here, but it's a, it's a sense of helping to welcome even to the kingdom of God. Keeping in mind that each and every one of us are God's greeters here. Don't think it's somebody else. You should be reaching out across the aisle to those maybe you don't recognize others with the love of Christ. Uh, ultimately, we need to be able to take this ministry we talked about, this welcome, this greeters. We need to take this ministry to another level. Uh, it actually needs to be a different ministry, not taking this to another level, but to a different one that would be a connections ministry that would intentionally follow up and follow through with those uh, people who are new, helping them to make connections, not only with other people, but connections into uh, meaningful ministry, connect them so they feel a part of what God is doing in their life. And so uh, to be praying about that and thinking if that's something you want to be involved in as we move forward that really connect people. We want to create bringing events that take place throughout the year, uh, holidays, Christmas and Easter, giving those opportunities. We've had some of that, those opportunities. We've done, the, uh, many of you have been here know, the, the first-person sermons are done. And the hope is that that can connect to somebody who's not a church person or at least be something different that they haven't heard every year that they've come just on Christmas and Easter. Uh, but there are other opportunities, other times, ministry opportunities throughout the year, the back-to-church uh, friend Sunday coming up, uh, uh, doing a marriage renewal weekend in the spring, that you cap it off on a Sunday morning with a wedding vows, uh, renewal of vows ceremony. Lots of different things, that, like the We Will Ride benefit that's not just in but outside of the church, inviting people, inviting them and being a part of that, reaching out um, to friends and family to and having certain Sundays throughout the year where we can say like this one coming up for those who are unchurched and unsaved that we can be like Andrew and bring Peter with us to meet Jesus. May we do it together in a sense of not just this is what the church is doing but it's an opportunity for us to get on the job training. It's an opportunity for us to, with somebody else, to do what we should be doing on our own and maybe get some experience in, in doing and being a part of that. We want, to that end, recognize that it is all of our responsibility 
in this next year, every ministry group in the church needs to live out the passion and the priority to press outward. So every group in this next year, some way, engage in a mission outward. It is who we are to be as Christians, who we are to be as a church. It should not just be relegated to one committee that plans a few events, but it is who God has called us to be and do. And so that all of us would be a part of doing that in, in big ways and small ways. It can happen in, in ways that happen regularly in ministry. It can happen in events. And, uh, it, and to understand, this is not just merely about events and ministries. It's about transforming our mindset to be like God that has a heart for the lost. It is about pressing outward. It cannot be something we do. It has to be who we are. Which is part of the equipping. One of the things, the class, that, uh, the group that I have in Kingdom Builders is outward focused life. Uh, it's not the, about how to do the wit, same old how to witness kind of thing. It's about how our life is a witness. How our story connects with God's and then can connect with others. And just living our life and seeing that, how God works. We have these come and see moments, but we need to, uh, to hear, but we have these moments as we reach outward that they need to be a go and be the church outside of our walls and not just once in a blue moon. Well, how do we do that? Where do we do that? Why not go through doors that are already open in our community where there are already people who do not know Christ, who need the help and the hope through numerous community special events that are going on? You know, I, I know for our families, like we've never been any place that this much stuff going on in a community. And you guys may not realize that, but it's, you know, I've been 30 some years in the ministry. There's no place that had this much happening in their community. Trying to do something, reaching out. So how can we connect? How can we, you know, we want people to, uh, to be able to know that we care. Because we know we need to do that first before they're going to care what we know. How do we do that? We've got to connect. We've got to be where they're at. To come alongside, to show that we are a part of this community. Because what often happens in churches is churches just have this us and them kind of posture with the community and with people out there. And occasionally there will be that connection, but it will just be about churches looking for what they can get out of the community and still, instead of saying, how can we give? How can we care about a community like Jesus does for the whole person? To find ways to take part formally and informally in some community events like Oil Heritage Days. There are a number of opportunities. One of those opportunities could be in this next year is just joining with some other churches in a bigger outward-focused event happening at the beginning of Community Days. To people that will never come in these doors, us going to them. Other events happening. Like there's a, uh, that we should be saying, hey, we think this is a good thing. Like the family-friendly first night. You know, New Year's Eve. Here's something to say, hey, we're going to do something family-friendly. We're not going to be about all this other kind of things. In fact, the committee, that the people who are in charge of that has asked our church already, has asked our church to be a part of this, to help in some way. Now, we're actually too far out in our building to be a part of those events that are going on, but what they've asked is that we would be the people who would be at the doors, at the places, welcoming people into the different venues because they're going to have different music and different things 
maybe entertainment, or I don't know if somebody's a, jugg- a knife juggler or something, you know, maybe they have that. But different things going on throughout the whole time. And they're asking if we would be willing to provide volunteers to welcome and give direction to people at these various venues that things are happening. Man, think about it. OCCA, Christ people being the smiling-faced welcome team, sharing the hospitality that is in our hearts, in a way. We don't know what might happen. I mean, there's going to be some people who are just going to smile at and say bye. But beyond that, we don't know what's going to happen in that moment. But more than that, it's what's going to happen in the community as we show a presence. So need to let you know. Need, I'm letting you know. You need to let me know. We need to find somebody that's willing to kind of, so it's not just me, uh, coordinate that. How can we be and give them the word? Here's people who are willing to help on those times. You know, I, there's other things. I was the only pastor at a meeting this week uh, about a new warming center here in for the winter, a new warming center that the county is sponsoring in Oil City on Seneca Street. Seneca Street, right? It's happening. I'm not saying that we should get involved in that or that's where it is, but I'm just saying there's lots of opportunities to be a part and to uh, to cultivate, to begin even to have opportunities to plant. There are little things that can happen all along the way. I, this Tuesday night, uh, I'm going to be praying at the opening of the county commissioner meeting in Franklin. Uh, not necessarily a big deal, but you know what? It's just a little thing. Outward, just looking. How can we press outward? What are some of those different opportunities just to, to do that outward? And some of this is smaller group stuff with servant evangelism, being servants of Christ to so those in need. There's thousands of good ideas and opportunities. And yet, while we need to do all that we can, we cannot do it all. We've, God has not given us responsibility to do everything. We need to do what He's given us to seek Him, to seek not just good things, but the God things that He wants us, that fits with who He's gifted us to be, who He's called us to be, to make Christ known. And how is it that we then will be known? And and yes, we participate with other believers, and yet there is a sense that just like there are different parts of the body that have different functions, there are different churches that have different functions as well. What is it that God has uniquely called and equipped us to be different than anyone else? Why is it we uniquely exist here? And to take these all these opportunities in mind of the eternal CPR intentionally connecting each face, making an impact on eternity. Not just ending up looking like good people doing good works, but that we would look like God's people giving a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. Our goal is not going to be to be the best church in town. In fact, it may not even be realistic at our size and at this moment to say we're going to be the best church for the town, for the area. But I think over time, there can be a greater impact down the road if we can be one of the best churches with the community that can create inroads that have never existed before for churches, for believers in areas. I say that because I know that's happened where we were at in the last church. God opened things that no other church in town had opened to them. They came to us, not we went to them and the opportunities that we had. Let us press outward. 
and recognize that as we do this, it, it goes beyond just going across the street. It has to deal with going across the sea and making disciples of all nations. This year, we're going to continue to lean even more in being a Christian and missionary alliance church. We've done good in the past, but I got to tell you, we've plateaued in this area for a number of years. It's time to take it to the next level, to take our praying, our giving, our sending, our going to the next level beyond all this. Um, the missions conference times, there's praying the, the, to really do that, not just in here, but in our homes, the giving to the Great Commission Fund, partnering with missionaries around the world, the partnering with the missionaries that we have, uh, Eric and Vicky in West Africa. And that will be talked about more in the next coming weeks, so we don't have to get in at this moment. But to press outward, not just here, but press outward there, where he's called us to. As we involve ourselves in reaching out in a corporate, personal, practical ways, there's going to be a temptation to say we just don't have enough time. Speaking of time, worship team, come on up. You've heard all this stuff. We laid it out and, and, and recognizing that each of us are a different part in some way and being a part of this and recognize this is not just this year, but as we move forward in the years to come. But we can just feel like, yeah, I don't see how we can do all this. And we're so busy. We got this and this and that. But the fields are white unto harvest, Jesus tells us. Matthew 9. There are those who are ready. And we can talk about how we don't have time because we're busy having to run to this thing and that thing. But you know what? They have even less time before they pass away into a Christless eternity with no hope. We need to be ready to press forward. Together, making a lasting impact as one, as one voice, as one people, as one body, as one family, one together, pressing upward, inward, outward. Father, give us the strength, the termination to be who you want us to be, who you've called us to be. May we be done with a churchianity that just wants a tour bus and be ready to accomplish your work, changing eternity and the lives of all.